It's time to revisit the original Kong Kaiju, but this time in a style aping a Disney animated musical for kids. Will this movie monkey around, or will the film's serenading crooners help this flip become top banana? This is Kaiju vs. History, The Mighty Kong. Welcome back to Kaiju versus History. This is your cabin boy with a pet monkey, Patrick, and joining me is a giant monkey with a pet starlet, Miles. Hey, Miles. More, hey, Patrick. More monkey movies. Ah, uh, we're not. It's not. You know, stop there, there, there comes a time where I feel like I've been tested, and and there have been several times in this podcast where I'm like, okay, I've been tested. I. There's there's little else that really can make me question why I'm doing what I'm doing and watching what I'm watching. And then a movie like The Mighty Kong comes along. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, Which it's... I guess. So this is the first time we have a Kong movie from since King Kong lives, right? Yes. Yeah, so it's it's been about a decade since we've had a, a Kong movie on on the list. And I mean, it's been a marked absence and. Why exactly this movie came out, like maybe to try and get some of the success of the Godzilla movie, who knows, but they decided to to push this one out. And well, it technically had a, a very limited theatrical release in, in 1998, I believe. I, I, I would also say on the flip side, we are. Kind of what's considered maybe the 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 tail end, or we're still into the Disney Renaissance. Yeah, not not yeah. only that. A year before, Don Bluth had one of his, I think, highest grossing movies with Anastasia, which was mm-hmm. a musical taking place in the past. Yeah, Don Bluth is a personal favorite of mine. Has a little bit of a checkered history in the '90s, but Anastasia was a huge, huge hit. I mean this this is a movie that I think did like. $140 million in 1997 for a non-Disney animated musical. So I can kind of see why the wheels might have been turning for like, hey, why don't we try to revive the King Kong franchise as an animated movie? And it's what's even wild, I mean, sorry, wilder to me is the <laughs> fact that, the spoiler warning, the songs in this the quote unquote songs in this movie are absolute garbage, like bottom of the barrel. Yet songs in this movie had contributions from the legendary Sherman Brothers. And if that name is not familiar to you, that's OK. Not a lot of people know their names, although a documentary has been made about them in the last several years. But they had they were like the Disney guys, mm-hmm. Mary Poppins, Jungle Book. The Aristocats, We the Pooh, like they, they've won Golden Globes, Grammys, Baptist. These guys were like these song makers for Disney in in kind of the old school Disney. Yeah, canon. they they were they were advanced in their years, I think, by the the time they they got handed these these. I uh, mean, songs they, they were produce. still they were still making stuff, but yes, this was one of the last thing that it was. It was certainly I think the last non Disney thing they did. I know they made contributions to some Winnie the Pooh stuff 
but it was the first time they had done something since Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland. And, you know, yes, you, you you were right. They were on in years. But at the same time, you know, I, I still would have expected more. Oh, uh, no. Well, yeah. It- well, well from, from 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 artists of this caliber, like even even if they are at the end of their 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 rope and I was at the end of my rope at the end of their career creatively, I still kind of expected something. And I think they might've been somewhat confused and I don't know how much of the music they did. It's just a, a, a feature Uh that they say, Oh, it had original songs by the Sherman brothers. What that actually means. I don't know. And before, are are they just like selling their, their name to this ocean studios, which I think did the, the, all the sound editing for, for the film or, or Brasher sound um, or the, the two behind this. Uh, I could not tell you. Yeah. And yeah, this <laughs> film was given this one. No, there isn't. We know that it was given a very limited theatrical release to little fanfare before being released a day after my birthday, June oh. 16th, 1988. Happy birthday to I, you. I guess to taunt me like, <laughs> well, that that's like, also, oh, oh we're going to release something vile just for you <laughs> just to celebrate your birth well this is also yeah part of the the 75th anniversary of warner brothers media and i guess that yes. also makes it the 65th anniversary of the original king kong because that came out 10 years after warner brothers yes so that, came out, yes it, yeah i would have that means we are also the year that we're recording this in the 100th year of warner brothers entertainment mm-hmm. which is now like part of a, a massive conglomerate <laughs> um, um but i guess before we, we get further patrick tell me what's in a title well so many good things miles you got kong right there front and center but I actually do like this title because the Mighty Kong at least differentiates it from all the other King Kong movies. And there's been two movies just called King Kong. Mighty Kong is a good derivation of that because, uh, I mean, they, there's nothing really kingly about this ape, I guess. <laughs> but also, yeah, it's like I said, differentiates. Like I like having a different adjective in front of Kong. It was called King Kong, Lord of the Apes in Germany, and the King of the Beasts this is the subtitle in in España. But just about everywhere else, this was released released on VHS that same year as just the Mighty Kong. Quick thing to note: the poster and or cover of the DVD slash VHS when it came out. Very specifically shows a a brown, a very light brown colored Kong, which mm-hmm. is not what he looks like in the movie. So I'm wondering if part of that was like they they this, made this that happened, art beforehand. Or... This this kind of thing happens a lot in these kind of covers where mm-hmm. yeah, coloration gets wrong. Either whoever whomever was commissioned to do the cover wasn't allowed to see the movie or was given vague directions, and they just didn't do anything to to mess with it. Yeah, Kong in the movie is is. Black and gray, basically. So maybe that just doesn't show up well on the the poster, the warm colors for the poster. It kind of looks like <laughs> Harry and the Hendersons. It does very much look like a, a Harry and the, and the Ed Hendersons and less King Kong. It also doesn't even look like he has like any other form because it just looks like he's a lump of fur with a face. 
yeah like there's not a lot of differentiation between yeah he doesn't, he doesn't even look like a giant ape he just looks kind of like a a giant furry thing it almost looks like gossamer yeah he doesn't <laughs> a giant look gossamer great in the movie either but let's talk about the movie for the most part this is a <laughs> i was surprised uh, how original or how f- uh, faithful to the original the retelling of of this film was this is a period piece. It's it's set in, you know, I guess the same time period as King Kong, the 1930s. There is a single scene uh, from the 1976 King Kong kind of thrown in there where Kong bathes Anne and then blow dries her with his hot, hot monkey breath. Yeah, it feels like it feels like it takes several different things from both movies and just kind of mishmashes them together. Yeah, I don't know how how much else of like the the oil drilling or anything from it's not the oil stuff it's more Kong. of the the kind of char- some of the character beats especially with mm-hmm. Anne and oh jack mm-hmm. jack driscoll that that feels closer to some parts of the the 76 movie yeah well the 76 movie really is a a love story and um i'm trying to remember what we gave <laughs> 76 kong but I, 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 I think an, I think an, I think we gave it an eight. I think uh, an, yeah, uh, as a an podcast eight across the board too. Yeah, it is it is a pretty good movie for the most part. This retelling of it's the fine. original is pretty good for a kids movie, maybe. But yeah, when you're talking about the Disney Renaissance, you know <laughs> what you have kids had to compare it to was pretty in, insanely good. <laughs> in well, the I mean, it wasn't it wasn't. And the thing was, it wasn't just Disney. Like like I've, I've mentioned yeah, yeah, Don Bluth, but you have a lot of things from kids childhoods that have been, like still been cemented, even if they were not great movies like Fern Gully. You know, like it's still a big one that people compare things to and like so this I mean, the this first one, this toy one story st- came out three years before this <laughs> and toy story 2 would come out the year after, after. so yeah a, so i mean you you are in right an, you're in a in time middle. period where um kids have an embarrassment of riches in terms of animated films they really do and quality in fact we were just starting to get like actual like the, i think this is isn't this the year that we got the neil gaiman dub gaiman dub of uh princess mononoke yeah, the, this year the scripted, scripted a dub. Um, one, of, one of those two. Yeah. yeah so I mean, great, like, great time you, to be an animation fan in general. Yeah. Except so, for this movie. <laughs> yeah. Except for this movie, and this this movie starts off with so the base score is very similar to like some of the direct to TV like American fare that we've been watching throughout this decade. It's really weird. Yeah. And at one point, I clocked in the intro a loop. Like they didn't even bother to like you know edit it in or or blend it it just literally just looped and mm-hmm. i was i was kind of mouth agape and i, I, was, I did, did no one watch this <laughs> it's embarrassing yeah that that's got a theatrical release and they they cared so little for for kids entertainment you know they're like ah oh, that's well, probably fine and, and that's i think what makes me so angry about this movie is it feels like a very cynical cash grab of yeah let's throw in a property no one cares about and right now and I'm, I'm not even like talking smack like the way some of these companies treated ips that were older right now they could not have cared less well it's so and, funny because it is like i said a very faithful adaptation except where it isn't because supposedly they this isn't based on the movie king kong it's based on the novelization uh when we talked about king kong we talked all about the the rights issues 
you know, between Toho and RKO, between the the other studios that tried to make Kong movies and, and RKO, and they started pre-production of a a King Kong movie that they eventually got to to shut down because one was going to be based on the movie and the other based on the book. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's why Carl Denham is not called Carl in this movie. Uh, he's they, they, call, they call him K, KD or whatever. CB, CB, CB. Yeah. So he, he's I think he's listed on IMDb as Carl Denham. But yeah, they, they don't say I don't think they say Carl at any point in the movie. <laughs> They, I, they at least say denim, but I think they do say a Carl yeah, denim oh, production no, but, when they when they are introducing the show. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, they, they do use his, his last name, but I think they say his first two initials. But yeah, most everything else is kind of the same. I think that, oh, the, the ship name was not the the venture, but was something else in, in this film. But let's talk about the animation. This was a collaboration between a couple of animation studios, uh, Han Shin Corporation out of South Korea, owned by Peter Choi. Mm-hmm. You might know them from working on Biker Mice from Mars, uh, <laughs> Highlander, the animated series. I don't know if you ever saw that. Uh, I of found, course. I found this title. I don't remember this show that I was only one season. Dr. Zitbag's Transylvania Pet Shop. <laughs> Have you heard of Dr. Zitbag's Transylvania? That actually does sound familiar. That's, that's got to be like a lost gem. But yeah, the, the other thing I want to point out is one year after this, they're going to work on an animated version of a Titanic film called The Legend of the Titanic that is supposedly 10 times worse than this movie. It's got talking animals. I think they the animals like rescue people off the Titanic at the end of the movie. Oh, my God. That sounds yeah. awful. And it's the same animation style and, and things like that. The The other major animation studio, there's a couple, but Jade Animation was a, a Chinese animation s- studio founded in 1986 by Run Run Shaw. So an, another kind of kaiju connection there. Mm-hmm. And it, it uh, Anarom Studios was listed on, on IMDb as well as a studio called Rainbow Animation Group, which eventually renamed itself to galaxy digimation and i mean all these had done a lot of stuff in the in the 90s early 2000s but galaxy digimation were did the spider-man ride at universal studios florida which i always find very fun whenever i go (laughs) no i i I absolutely enjoy that ride (laughs) but it's so funny it took four animation studios to make extremely subpar <laughs> animated film you know <laughs> well and, and and there are po- moments where like you can feel like oh someone else got involved because this is a different quality a different style At like the, the the love song which looks like someone just like took some textured paper and projected mm. the animation onto it they also have a couple of scenes where they kind of superimpose over mm-hmm live action like uh like not animated waves but video of waves i think during that song (laughs) so there's a few corners cut and it makes me feel it might not be only a budget thing but i'm sure budget was part of it but also just a time thing so they probably cranked this movie out pretty pretty quickly it feels like it the the animation in in throughout most of this film i i i 
zeroed in on the 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 kind of romance song, the coming together song, because mm-hmm. one, it is nonsensical. It doesn't make sense for either of their characters. These these people literally hated each other two minutes prior. Yeah, they start they start in on <laughs> not good terms, and then all of a sudden they, they're singing a song, I've known you all my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I was incensed. And I was like, I I feel like that's what they they took from like the Sherman Brothers, like probably had some lines in the vault and they're like, I, Yeah, you can have these. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh well let's jump to the songs because there's not many. There's a very quick there's refrain. <laughs> I mean, I, I was expecting this to be like a full musical. It is a movie with some musical highlights, like the the Wild Animal Follies, which is like the introduction of, of CB Denim. Yeah, it's kind of That's like the, the chorus of, of the group. They bring it back once Kong is in New York again. Yeah, it's the overture. And then Lotus you Land. Get, you get the, like Donald, five or six songs. And this movie is I don't even think, 75 minutes long. I honestly think there's only four songs because one of them is the the Islanders chanting to Kong. That's that's counted, you know. So you get two songs by, well, we'll go through the, the cast here in a moment. But by Jody Benson, who is the voice actress, or, or I guess the the song actress, right? Or does she does she has both? She she was Ariel in the the Little Mermaid. So you have a great you know voice actress as your your Anne as your Anne Darrow in the film. Yeah, and they, they, like they, they really they, they definitely went well. after someone. But the problem the problem with ha- I mean like like that says that somebody involved certainly was trying to do something, and this kind of connects with the you know like you said the uh, Disney Renaissance because of the Little Mermaid connection. Well, they they at least need like it's a not name. that she can't sing. It's it's not that she's a bad voice actress. It's that the lines and songs given to Jodie Benson are atrocious, and it mm-hmm. makes her sound bad. The animation also does not look great. There, the the other main song is Sir Dudley Moore. I guess I should have looked that up beforehand. <laughs> Maybe not, sir. But I'm I'm just guessing the the British comedian who unfortunately this was his last film technically he passed away in 2002 so just four years after this movie came out and i feel like i saw him a lot in the 80s with mm-hmm. films like arthur and he was all over his i don't think he was that that big actually i think i just watched arthur a lot on tv as a child no, I, I definitely saw him a lot but no so you have you've got the two kind of chorus songs with the the book ended stuff You've got the love song. You've got the song that Anne sings being on the beach when when Dolly she's being of Papali. Yeah. Yeah. Which is that song enraged me. <laughs> yeah. But both of those. You also like those have the song the that they the sing that, to quell the, the mutiny as well. I don't remember. I don't even remember that. One. <laughs> they, they sing a song to like calm the crew down. Right. 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 Um. Yeah, yeah, the Sherman brothers, like I said, I feel like I can feel their hand in a couple of these. I don't know if maybe they just wrote like the lyrics to to some of them, but uh, there's, there's there, okay, there's there's five, there's five actual songs. So there's Wild Animal Follies, Lotus Land, which is about Hollywood, yeah. Dahlia Papali, I've Known You All My Life, and the Monarch of the World or the Kong Chant. Yep, yep, that's what that's what I have listed here in the notes. I, I don't think it adds too much, you know. I, if I the songs like, were good, I can I can see it. This also this is a very short movie. This is like well, seventy five minutes long. That's <laughs> the thing. Like, just imagine one or two really good songs being in it. Like that could really 
elevate the entire film because you know for the most part the the disney films are super popular because of those the stories but also the the songs that that come out of them yeah think- those those songs are epic i mean like and you also have like great people saying like Elton john doing can you hear through the love tonight or yes. you know but at the same time like even the ones from the movie are still massively popular. Like Angela Lansbury singing Beauty and the, the, the Beauty and the Beast theme song, basically. Yeah, but these songs don't add anything and they do feel kind of like an afterthought, you know, like, oh, we should make this a musical to set it apart, you know, or, or maybe align it closer to these these Disney films. Oh, right. The 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 director is Art Scott, who has been producing con- cartoons since the 1960s. A lot of things that I grew up watching, the Herculoids, Wacky Races, Super Friends, and even the new Scooby-Doo adventures in the, the 80s. So he was a producer of many a cartoons. He only directed a few films, or maybe this is his only film. I think this is only one. The other thing I want to point out, I just scrolling through IMDb, the character, one of the character designers was named Emily Kong. How fun is that? <laughs> Hilarious. Do you think she got the job because of her last name? <laughs> do you think that that helped emily i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure it didn't hurt have fun with me miles have what? fun on this wacky mighty it's, adventure I, I can't patrick i can't what, have fun what with was your movie. favorite scene because i have i've actually got one i have a a, a part that made me laugh out loud you know what's so funny i there was a scene where i'm like oh that's not so bad but i was so distracted by something <laughs> else that i forgot to write it down well, in my notes they're 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 so preoccupied with trying to get through the story that they don't have that many moments of what I would consider, you know, levity or something. You know, these movies often have jokes that are for like adults. And the 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 joke that got me was at, at one point CB Denim has explained to Anne that after the show, they have this nature preserve that Kong is gonna live on a farm in New Jersey. And, and <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. says, that, that was that was a joke. That was that was a great joke. <laughs> and says he can't survive in Jersey. Nobody can. Yeah, that was that was that was what I was gonna write down. That's the exact same scene. <laughs> so I mean, funny. it's not it's not just the funniest thing in this movie. It's like one of the funniest jokes in any gaiju movie. <laughs> but they don't like play it like super funny, which I I found hilarious. Um, well, yeah, it, it's played straight, which well, she's not trying me, to ham it up, which makes me wonder if they knew it was a joke. Yeah, um, yeah, no, they knew it was a joke, but I, I, I am not convinced judging by how bad the rest of this movie is. They well, surely don't know what romance is. You got funny man Dudley Moore in there. You think his I mean, his like doing puns. the worst like impression of himself I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's not great. There's I mean, is there any other cast members of of note? <laughs> not, no, none that really jump out of me. I think voice actors of the 90s were. But I think what really stars. I mean, I, I mean, I'm gonna, was going to bring this into my 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 personal enjoyment conversation, but I think it it, it needs to be sex. I mean, it's, there's not much to say about this movie because it being a bad, straightforward remake of King Kong. I mean, there's not a whole lot of meat to work with, but I think one one thing that really like completely kills this movie for me is the. And I understand it's a kids movie, but hey, kids movies dealt with this too. Look mm-hmm. at the Lion King. The absolute sanitized ending <laughs> completely destroys the point of the story. Uh, and he so... even tries to say, oh, it's beauty that killed the beast. And then you see Kong open his eyes. Going, oh, 
So that definitely smacks of, of what a lot of the rumors online are that they were supposed to die. And then someone somewhere in the Warner executive suite is like, Kong can't die. It's a kid's movie. What's wrong with you? So they're like, OK, the, the well, one guy who hadn't seen a movie from Disney, <laughs> we can we can throw some animation cells over his eyes. So we just got to open them and looks around groggily but doesn't move his body at all <laughs> like his body is just shattered at the very least like every bone yeah. is broken but oh he's still alive he's gonna live on that farm kids don't you worry he's gonna be on the farm in new jersey and everyone's gonna be happy even though carl denham just said he was dead <laughs> yeah it, it 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 just destroys everything i'm like okay yeah. so this this it, really it, is it a pulls- soulless the the version the of little Kong. teeth that this movie you know the original movie definitely had but one thing i did like is maybe hilariously this is there's a connection to cue the winged serpent in this film in that they do not shoot kong off of the empire state building but they they get some giant you know hot air balloons uh dirigibles and and hang a giant net between them to capture kong which is what they suggested that they would do to cue the winged serpent in in that movie which doesn't seem like a good plan that's why they probably didn't do it in Q. but that causes kong to fall off in, in this film but miles what is your personal enjoyment of this film? so here's the thing i mean i know i know i for anyone who listens to this show for any amount of time knows that I'm, I say this every single time, I'm not a Kong guy. And I, I, I am sure that people think I have it out for the big eight, but I, I gave, you know, the original Kong and the 76 remake a pretty decent score both times. So mm-hmm. like I can, I can recognize when something's well done or well-made. This is not well done. It's not well-made. It looks like absolute garbage and i i've seen and have been a fan of direct-to-video animated stuff from that time period but this ain't it fam <laughs> uh, honestly i was kind of surprised it was even added to our list but th- yeah this movie is completely soulless it's not worth watching i mean maybe for con completionists only but even then i'd be like D- don't bother so th- this this easily, I think, gets one of my lowest scores f- for the the 90s, if not my lowest. I don't think it's my lowest with a two. Pretty sure you gave one to Zarkor. So. I'm pretty sure I did, too. So I think this is the second lowest for my yeah. personal enjoyment. A two. Th- this movie is mercifully short. And it feels like it's three hours long. <laughs> I-, I don't know. I-, I It's novel enough. I don't think it's a terrible single watch but yeah honestly for a kid's cartoon and maybe a way to introduce kong to kids i think it's kind of good actually like it hits it doesn't like discard any of the plot points of the the original movie and kind of gets through them in in short order so like i wouldn't show the 76 kong to a child definitely (laughs) but maybe maybe kong just you know, shouldn't be <laughs> given to kids because I, I have a quote here from the, the Sherman brothers, Richard Sherman was asked and said, our quote, our job is, you know, musicalize the classic story of the great ape King Kong as we'd done with the Jungle Book in 1967. We lightened up a rather dark tale with our songs. And after all, the concept was to create what the producers called it a kid-friendly animated musical version of the story. I think they did succeed at that, but didn't make a good 
kaiju movie, you know. You know, Kong does fight some giant monsters just like in the original. Those are are pretty quick scenes, but yeah. Womp yeah. womp. Uh, goofy looking snake and a goofy looking reptile. None of the songs are sung by Kong, and for that oversight, I can only enjoy this movie so far as a five out of ten. Uh, wild to me. <laughs> that is wild to me. It's not that crazy. I like. I. I, I mean, I'm five not... is baseline good. Yeah, and I. Oh, I, well, like I said, and that's for kind of what this is. I mean. The, the other animated kaiju movies we have, you know, Neon Genesis Evangelion, they're great for what they are, but this is like a specifically a kids movie. I think it does okay. For the technical score, I'm giving it a four. The animation animation companies involved, like I said, either weren't given the time or the resources to make something that is very palatable and, you know, holds up. And this kind of rushed animation, you know, is more what I think of as a relic of the eighties where they're just like pumping out cartoons to sell toys to, to kids on television. But if they knew this was getting like a theatrical release and they were going to be putting out VHS tapes, it seems like they should have put in some greater effort. The, the main way that I would describe the animation style is it feels like these characters are in a car insurance commercial, like their cartoons, like, that would be at the site of an accident. And then the journal would watch walk up and be like, call me now for, for a new quote on your insurance. Yeah. The acting's okay, but the, you know, they're, they're not giving some great dialogue, the Anne and Jack and, and whatnot. But what about you, miles technical aspect? The animation's trash. The acting is terrible because the script is terrible. The songs are unbearable. Mm. There, there are moments, like I said, that you can see the paper and, it looks like the, the animation was just projected onto it as opposed to actually being on anything else. It's, I guess, a, a cheap attempt at adding some sort of whimsy to the romance. I don't know what, what the thought process was, but I I found it, every aspect, just to be kind of painful. And, I mean, to get, to get the Kong story... <sighs> basically there but then to get it so wrong is 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 such a cardinal sin for for something for a project like this because you know even if you're attempting to like okay let's let's redo kong for kids or let's do it as an animated film there's a way to make that great unfortunately i think throughout the history of the character animated adaptations don't seem to do super hot for the big double k um that it's, netflix one was wild it is so wild that I mean, this is the movie is only an hour and 13 minutes. I'm just scrubbing through. They don't get to the island until like a half hour. You know, I don't remember like yeah. that much lead up into the film, but I guess you have a couple of songs like before they even get to the boat, really. <laughs> they, they, the, the songs are kind of front loaded. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just. Yeah. I, so my, my score is a three, three out of ten. Three out of ten. Gotcha. Okay. And what about your evocative score? Where does this rate on kind of the... I initially had this a little higher. Mm. But the more I think about it, the more the, the, the changing of the ending to completely devalue the story that's being told in the King Kong canon... And the way in which they did it. See, if there was a way, if they had done it in a, in a fashion that made sense for the character or they did something. No, no, no. I mean, like, 
Kong's dead, and then like they're singing and dancing in the credits roll. It's very, very it, it is it is the definition of soulless. I don't think this movie has really any legacy because it's often forgotten of. And I watched this, I think, on Tubi, and it even cleaned up, just looks 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 very, very poor. Yes, it does copy in terms of you know a kaiju trope and stuff, it copies the main story to do what it, I guess they wanted it to do in certain aspects. But at the very end, I think it just completely flubs. And so it's getting a three. Yeah. I mean, that that you, you were going to go higher. I, I mean, this is probably the worst Kong film. Or, or I was, property. I was going to give it a four initially, but the more I just talk about it, I'm like, I can't in good conscience do that. Yeah. I, I think son of Kong is a more important movie than, than this one for, for, I would agree with that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I do think my personal enjoyment. I don't think rates. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna knock my score down a little bit, Miles, because you've you've convinced me. I'm going to a three as well. I was at a a four, but yeah, the ending makes no sense. You were correct. The the famous final line of beauty killing the beast, and then the beast opened make... his eyes and be like, "Gotcha." Yeah, I mean, if they're gonna change the ending, just like. Don't have them say that, you know. There's no right. reason for him to say that if Kong's alive. Uh, yeah, the the decision to to keep him alive at the very end is is just is just silly. But also, like, why does why does this movie need to exist if they're not going to do like more interesting things with the the animated version of Kong? Like his his rampage sequence. There's some kind of jokes where he's knocking. He, he uses a a lamppost to play golf, you know, and, and things like that. But it's it's extremely short. And then he's just on top of the the Empire State Building. It feels like the meat of the movie should be we have Kong in animated form. We should, you know, play around with the the, the titular character. Right. Yeah, but but they didn't. That's that's fine. They really did kind of rush this one out. But that brings your score to a uh, a, th- a 2.6, a three. Is that right? Yep. Okay. My score is at a, a four. And for our podcast average, it's going to bring it down to a three out of 10. I, I would have liked to have seen it higher just for the decade. <laughs> you know, the movies like this are really weighing what I think is the, the best decade for, for Kaiju movies down a little bit. But yeah, I mean, there's not much else to say. Uh, a three out of ten miles. Where, where that's going to do it for us? Where where can folks find us if they want to talk any other kaiju movie? Besides well, you can email one. us at kaiju versus history at gmail dot com. You can tweet to us at kaiju versus history. You can visit our website at kaiju versus history dot com. You can rate, review on our show, comment, share with your friends, and let us know what you think. Check out our letterbox accounts, kaiju versus history. To see all of our reviews and watch our list of films. Uh, Patrick, what are we doing next week? Oh, Miles, I'm so, so sorry. Um, We are still stateside. We're still in the U.S. for a look at the next in the Monster Island Entertainment catalog of two movies. And indeed, the... (laughs) <laughs> that production company has just one more movie of the two up its sleeve, ready to release kind of around this TriStar Godzilla era of 1998, but this this time with a decidedly more fishy-looking kaiju. Will it stand up better than Zarkor? 
Find out along with us uh, next time. Tune in for History versus Craw, the Sea Monster. <laughs>